Crime of the Century podcast, where we expose higher education as a scam that it is. I'm Kevin Prendeville, and I believe that because of what we're teaching our students, we're losing an entire generation. And today, as always, we'll be diving headfirst into controversial subjects undaunted by political correctness. Now, we've forgotten about the Trump-Russia collusion story. It's not politically relevant anymore. Uh, Kavanaugh and I'm sure something else will take its place in the coming weeks. Uh, probably, again, because there's no real collusion, no story there. But let me tell you about a real collusion story. And that's between the universities and the government, and both of them want to take your money, and it's a major part of the crime of the century. So we began with the idea of a loan. And everybody, I, I, I understand, everybody is afraid of loans. We had 2008, although that is more nuanced and doesn't really, isn't necessarily pertinent to what we're talking about today. But I do want to talk about the idea of a loan. And when we talk about it, we always think debt. Debt's bad, right? That there's, you know, uh, the, the wealthiest in this country have no debt, they're debt-free, and that's how they make their money. But that's not how the banks operate. See, when you, the reason a bank pays you interest is because when you deposit money, when you put it in a savings account, uh, let's say you got 10 grand in there just for easy math, and they pay you 1%, uh, they're paying you that 1% because that same 10 grand, they're going out and they're loaning it to your neighbor who wants to buy a car for 10 grand and they'll charge him 6% to use that money. He goes out, he buys the car, he makes the monthly payments, they are making 6%, they'll pay you 1% and they'll keep the at 5%. So the rate of return on that is 5%? Actually, the rate of return is 500%. And, and, and I'll relate it back to the universities and the crime of the century in a second. But think about it. One loan to a bank is worth 500% rate of return. Can't find that one in the stock market. Can't even find it in real estate. You would have to look into how people make money on loans. And it's interesting that we're all taught to kill a loan as soon as possible, any loan that we have out, and some of them are terrible, you know, credit cards with 18% interest, and you wonder why, you know, those companies make so much money, and it's because of those incredibly high interest rates on, on credit cards. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about the, the, the banks here on everyday loans, and, and think about it, every dollar in a bank, every dollar, is loaned out eight to 18 times. They got so many of them. and. So you've got to multiply that 500% rate of return that they're making on your little uh, $10,000 that they loaned out to your friend. You've got to multiply that by every mortgage loan, every construction loan, every anything you can think about that a bank funds. And it's no different than with a student loan, right? What 18-year-old can, can afford a $250,000 university fee to go question their sexuality, to go learn about uh, third-wave feminism that really doesn't help them in the in the in the real world you know and some and some might and that's the difference uh, we'll get into the distinctions in debt in a second but that's a, the idea they're making these huge huge rates rates of return knowing that these guys can't and I say these guys 18 year olds 21 year olds can't necessarily pay all that right now they know they'll have that that endless supply of customers but they're backed by the government. You cannot go bankrupt and get rid of a student loan. That's there until it's paid off. 
And sometimes that loan rate is pretty exorbitant. And if your education does not get you a job that can pay off that student loan, that's a bad loan for you. So the, the government comes in and says, uh, oh, don't worry, we won't have you take out a loan for the whole thing. They've created something called a 529 plan. And uh, you'll see ads and flyers and stuff uh, every year in probably the late summer, August, maybe July, uh, where people will have classes on what's a 529 plan, how do I put money into it, why do I need one? And the basic idea is that you'll save money in this account um, that you can't touch, the, the IRS and the government dictates what you can use the money for, and you'll store it away, store it away, store it away like a rodent. Remember, that inflation's eating it too, so, um, and a 3% rate. So you're storing away, storing away, storing away this money in a 529 plan um, so that you don't have to borrow all this money out. And <laughs> the idea that uh, the rule is, I think it's at, at, at year 18, that money has to be uh, down to zero in four years, I believe, um, where... <laughs> You've, you've got to give that money to, to the university, to the institution that's in a 529 plan. And heaven forbid you use it for something other than giving it to the university, and it's an extra 10% penalty. And we've got a couple threads going, so um, I want to tie them together. So you pay off, uh, and again, you, with the fact that you're, you're already saving in your 401k, you're already spending on auto insurance, you're already spending on all these, your mortgage, all these other expenses. So the 529 plan isn't... Uh, isn't always number one priority with families. It's very close to the top, but not always number one. So there's a good chance that the average family won't have enough saved to give to the university um, all at once. So they'll need that student loan that we talked about that you can't get rid of and it's on, it's uh, forevermore, you're paying that until it's paid off. Some people, uh, I know some people in their 40s who are, are, are still paying it off. and. So, so you think about where all of that potential is going, right? And I, and I use the word potential here because every dollar that you spend could have been invested and been working for you somewhere else. I mean, business, real estate, stocks, anything, nearly. But all this is going to all these different institutions. And, and then you get to, we've already talked about the, the, the indoctrinization of that, that, that happens at universities with the way they teach, how they teach, the, their political philosophy. We spent 29 episodes on that. But when it comes to where your money is and where it goes, when, when you spend that 529 plan money, the government may also say, oh, well, yeah, but you made too much, so we're not going to help you pay for, for a school, which uh, they do offer people. So that may lower that benefit. Um, the the 529 plan in itself really only serves so that you can save money for the university because you transfer that money that um, what everybody talks about that compound interest you trade that away to the university and you give the uh, and then you and then you take a loan and you start paying interest to the bank so you give interest to the university you pay interest to the bank and then on top of all the the, the government makes sure that these institutions are paid and what do they gain? Well, I mean, there's a the political gain because a, a bunch of young socialists will come out because they don't have any money. It's all going to the banks or it's all going to the, the institution. So the, 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 that trifecta 
that, that, that exists is, is really a burden on, on American society. And, and now I've talked about it a little bit in the past, but there are uh, different classifications of, of debt. There's uh, ugly debt, and that's your credit cards. That's your high interest, short repayment terms. They cost a lot. Get rid of that immediately. That, that, that's terrible. And then there's bad debt, which is most of the debt. You know, it doesn't necessarily have the exorbitant uh, high uh, interest of ugly debt, but it does have the lower interest, but it's not necessarily deductible. Um, you know, you, there's, uh, it, it's kind of like a revolving door of, uh, of debt where you just kind of, you pay it, you lose the opportunity cost, and there's not a whole lot of benefit otherwise. And sometimes student loans fall in there. We talked about, you know, if you go out and, uh, like me, get a history degree or, or go for it, um, then you come out and there's, you know, three jobs in the country that pay you a decent wage maybe for your, your job. Well, there's not much you can do other than teach it and the cycle begins again. Or you go and um, you, you know, go work at Burger King or something and, and, and you work to pay off that student loan. That's when it becomes bad debt. The only time that I could see a student loan becoming good debt is when, you know, you want to become some sort of specialist, uh, a heart surgeon, uh, brain surgeon, uh, whatever, um, where you take the loan from the bank, you go pay this very high university fee, but then, you know, day one you're making a half million dollars a year because there are very few people doing your job. That, that would be good debt because you use that loan to elevate yourself to a position where you wouldn't have been had you not taken the loan. So I'm not saying student loans or 529 plans are all bad and they're universally bad and you should get rid of them all, but, but be careful. There's a lot more loss in not understanding the consequences of where your money is. And we didn't necessarily talk about it a whole lot, but I was uh, talking with somebody before we started recording and uh, even if you just even if you just cut spending a little bit um, every year and you maximize the money that you do have and you become more efficient with it, it can it can equate to having invested money in a volatile market. So there's there's more opportunity in being efficient than just chasing higher and higher rate of returns. And I, and I truly believe that. But this all comes back to the idea that we have to go to college too. And, th and that's a real big issue. And in, in, in high school and everything, uh, we looked down at the kids who went to uh, the tech. We had this, it was called the tech. And it was a technical school. And you'd go, you'd come out and be sort of, and, and be able to go train to be a dentist. You could come out and go work at a mechanics, a lot of blue collar jobs, which nobody wants to do anymore. So the demand is through the roof and they get paid a lot um, for, for, for good work. Um, but we looked down on them uh, in high school. We said, ah, those were the, that's where the stupid kids go. They're going to be you know, working with tools, working with their hands, and we'll be smoking pot at Columbia University. <laughs> that, that's what happens. That's what happens to middle class, upper middle class. We don't, we don't have any goals. We don't have any reason to be here other than we know a lot, everyone else went to college. I guess I'll go to college and figure it all out when I'm 30. Well, by the time you're 30, you've given hundreds of thousands of dollars away to the university or the bank. And on top of all your, again, sitting there smoking pot, you're probably a socialist and you voted Bernie Sanders in. So if you do make money, you're going to be giving him 90%. 
if you don't see why that's part of the crime of the century, then you and I don't believe the same uh, uh, things. But if we do, then perhaps we can start working on a solution because this is the crime of the century.